everyone, and welcome to Two Ladies in the Kingdom. Um, I am Sylvie, I'm from America, and I have a blog called EightLimbs.Us, a uh, fighter here in Pattaya in Thailand. I am one of the ladies of the kingdom. <laughs> and this is Emma. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Emma, I'm from England, um, also fighting in Thailand, but I'm living in Bangkok. And I also have a blog, which is uh, undertheropes.com. Nice. Um, so we are sponsored uh, by Loblo, which is one of the only companies that we've ever come across that makes a functional and comfortable female groin guard. Um, and we're excited to be sponsored by them, one, because Emma and I both use it, uh, and Two, because everyone who's gotten it has actually been very excited about how uh, functional and usable it is. You can get a discount through this podcast, which is save the numeral two ITK, and it's a 10% discount from Amazon UK and Amazon US, and they ship anywhere in the world. They also make male groin guards. And I have a quick story <laughs> about wearing my groin guard. In one of my fights, uh, I fought by Fern up in Chiang Mai. And at the end of like the fourth round, she nailed me, Emma. She nailed me so hard and she's tall. And it just kind of like, it's still, you know, I could tell the impact was there, but it didn't, you know, make everything go white and I didn't pass out. Um, and I kind of got this like automatic like, and fuck you very much because I'm <laughs> wearing it. And that didn't work. Um, and I had need Fa Chang Rai in our last fight really hard and she was not wearing one. So I think that was my like, instant karma on that situation but <laughs> ladies if you don't know that you need a groin guard um it certainly helps yeah yeah seriously <laughs> um so what's going on with you because you uh just had a little mini vacation so you've been doing fun things uh yeah i did i just went to kochang for like five days um because i'm off work now until the end of the month uh usually this time of year i used to go back home um, just once a year, but um, my parents just came to visit a couple of months ago, so I would, I was like, fuck it, I'm not going home this year. I'm just going to stay in Thailand. <laughs> I don't need to see them more than once a year, Sylvie. Once is that. And, uh, <laughs> um, and my little brother's going to come out for Christmas too, so I thought, I'll just save some money this year and stay in Thailand, because I never actually get to take vacations throughout the year, because I'm saving all of my holiday from work right. up, so I can go home for a decent amount of time. Um, but yeah, so I'm staying in I'm staying in Thailand this time. I just went to Koh Chang for a week, or just under a week, which is really really awesome. I forgot when I saved up all my holiday that it is rainy season now. <laughs> it wasn't until rainy season arrived, and I was like, oh yeah, uh, wherever I go, it's going to be rainy. But it was actually really nice. Just got a little bungalow by the beach, and I didn't mind that it was raining. Just chilled out and ate all of the carbs. I ate so much; <laughs> it was ridiculous. It's actually really good food on Koh Chang. How it's, low uh, it's actually a pretty big island. You, um, most people rent motorbikes there, but we just took like little songtail taxis everywhere. Mm. It's pretty cheap. Um, and I was quite surprised that the taxi drivers didn't rip us off. Because ah. when you go to places like that, that's what you expect. Right. When I came to visit you in Pattaya, they were all dicks and tried to rip me off everywhere I went. Yeah, so part of Emma's vacation was she got to come train with me, which was super exciting. And, and we had a full conversation about how the Pattaya... More side taxi drivers are dickier than the guys around Bangkok. They really are. Like, as, as soon as I arrived, because I got a little minivan from uh, just around the corner from where I live, and it cost me, to get from Bangkok to Pattaya, it cost me 140 baht. 
uh, I don't know what that is in, in dollars. It's but like five bucks. It's not, yeah. yeah, it's nothing. And then as soon as I arrived, um, got off the minivan, and, and I wanted to get like a taxi from where I was to come and meet you, and the guy was like, 200 baht. I was like, I, I paid less than that just to get here from Bangkok. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, same Thai people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like speaking to them in Thai, and they respond to you in English. They're just having none of it. Yeah. Did you, they ended up picking up other people on your way down, right? Because when you first wrote to me that you were on your way down, you were the only person in the van, which sounded real murdery to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was only after like five minutes, lots more people got on the van. Yeah, that makes it sense. It wasn't too scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, for me, I've, uh, I'm getting ready to go up to Chiang Mai again. Um, so, we're leaving on Friday, and I have three fights in four days, which I did um, last month as well. It's, it's becoming this thing where, like, I have to group all of my fights together. Um, in order to, you know, get the most bang for my buck in traveling and things like that. Um, but what's kind of cool about it is that this is happening because of what I did the last time I was in Chiang Mai. I went around and hassled everybody I knew trying to, like, get fights set up because it was kind of becoming more difficult for me to get uh, fights up there. Um, so I'm excited about it. I have one in Chiang Rai that's not against Fa Chiang Rai. Okay. Uh, and then I have uh, two in Chiang Mai right after. Um, and we were in a car accident on the on the way home from uh, my last time up in Chiang Mai, and we rent cars, um, and so it's you know luckily for us, even though there was a lot of damage to the car, uh, it's there's a company that can come deal with it and stuff like that. But um, the photos of the car accident really freaked out my gym. They all when I got back were like Sylvie's good luck and like you have someone watching over you and all this great stuff, which was great. But they all thought it was my car. So when I said that I was going up to Chiang Mai again, they're like but you don't have a car, you ruined your car. And I'm like, you think I'm a princess? I own a car? I don't own a car. <laughs> I rented the car. Um, but so, yeah, that's, that's good. And I'm excited to be, uh, I'm excited to be going up there and, and fighting again. Um, and now it's trying to like get next month's fights rolling as well. The um, pictures from that car accident looked fucking terrible. Yeah, luckily, like, very, very luckily, it was um, a very slow-motion car accident, um, so the the, <laughs> the final destination aspect of it, where it, like, looks like I narrow, narrowly escaped my own death, um, I think that the photos looked a lot worse than it actually was, but I am incredibly lucky, because I literally have, like, this little scratch on my arm, and that's it, so very lucky, um, and... When I came back from that fight, um, I had some things to work on because I had trained with one of my old trainers up at my old gym in Lana, and he was working with me on what I call the Dracula Guard. Um, and so I've been working on that a lot at my gym, and I've actually seen other kids starting to like pick it up, which is really cool. Um, and uh, Pinu has been has been working with me on it as well. He was actually really irritated that I don't kick a lot in my fights. This is like suddenly something that he's decided he's going to resolve. Um, so I have been kicking until uh, After how I many years out. he's decided to suddenly do this? It's it's two years, but I think what it is is that I lost my last fight against Fa Cheng Rai and um, she kicks a lot. Like, that's what she does. She only kicks. So I think that he sees it as that he doesn't want me to not have something that she does have. Okay. So it's like, I don't have to be a kick fighter, but he doesn't like that she can kick and I can't. So it's like, you can kick her ass in the clinch, but you also have to be able to kick because she can kick. So um, okay. I think it's actually really good. Uh, it's something that I, I would like to do more of. 
um, but his like sadistic approach to the drills that we're doing in order to get more kicking is like it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing when I come in in the mornings and he's like I have an idea I'm like oh okay great <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw you posted about how he made you do, like, 50 kicks on one side, 50 push-ups, 50 kicks on the other side, just until you died. Yeah, uh, we do that every other day now. It's, like, part of the part of the system. And then he's got, like, a nine-minute abs routine that we do that you took part in, so we've been doing that every other day as well. Cool. Didn't you say he had, like, a pull-up routine he had you doing, too? Yeah, so uh, that one you do, like, uh, ten pull-ups like from the back and then you do 10 like wide grip from the front and then 10 like uh i don't know an 11 grip and then you have to do 20 push-ups and you do that three times um and it's one of those things where like i did it the first time so now he's like you can just do it all the time and i'm like i kind of want to die yeah <laughs> sounds horrible um another cool thing that when when i was up in chiang mai um i stopped by the all-female gym uh petong pong which is out in Mei Rim, it's just outside of Chiang Mai City, and um, it was just coincidence that this young girl, she's like 13 years old, and she has like 40-something fights and only two losses, um, she was just like wailing on the bag when we got there, and uh, their trainer really likes me, he remembers me because I used to fight a couple of their girls who were scary as fuck. <laughs> uh, Nong Ying is one of his fighters, and then this girl, um, Petnangam, who was the biggest fighter I've ever faced. I was 47 kilos and she was like 60. Um, and she kicked my ass. Um, but so he was like, will you clinch with her real quick? And she was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, we'll just do a minute. Um, and it was actually really fun. So uh, she's awesome. And the next time, like when we go up this, uh, this weekend, I want to stop by the gym and, and clinch with her like for maybe 30 minutes or so because it was, it was literally like five minutes that I clinched with her last time. She had a fight the next day, so... Um, I'm excited about her. Do you think that gym would be open to like having foreigners go and train there? Yeah, I talked to him um, oh, probably like eight months ago or something and talked to him about Westerners going there and he was totally open to it, but he said that they, they needed to be, um, you know, aware of what the gym is about, um, that this kind of like, you know, dropping in and not knowing what's going on may not fully function, but it's totally a place you can visit. Like, you just drop by and look at what's going on, and then you can join in. They're very, very inviting. Um, and what I find so cool about it being an all-female gym is that we as women don't have that experience when we come to Thailand. There's, like, this total um, brotherhood, like, I'm one of the Thai boys that men get when they come yeah. here, and women are like, I saw another girl at my gym one time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <her> <laughs> Yeah, so I would I would recommend people stopping by, and uh, you can talk to them through their Facebook page if there are women who want to come out and try to train with them. Um, okay. I convinced a, a girl who was down in Hua Hin having a really hard time getting fights to move up and finish out her two months um, in Thailand at Lana because it's just such a fight-friendly gym, and she actually did it. She's been there for um, almost a week now. Um, awesome. And so I'm going to grab her and bring her over when we when we go see her. Uh, Pet Dong Pung for clinching again, so that should be good. So recently I was working on a revision of something I posted about six months ago, which is uh, ranking the 48 kilo female fighters of the world, um, and a lot of those are the ones that I know here in Thailand, and then a few in Japan and some international. Um, and the revision, this is like six months later, the revision is getting rid of some who I don't think can reach 48 anymore, 
um, and some who are probably just uh, too inactive to really be able to track them. Um, but so some some fighters that were added to the list um, are like Amy Pierney, who I've actually only seen fight uh, one or two times, and I was impressed with both of those fights, but when putting someone on the list is a little bit difficult because I kind of have to play this like fantasy football game of what would a fight against her and this other person on the list look like based on these styles that I've seen. Um, so it's one of these things that I think I'm, I'm going to have to keep having to revise. Um, but it's cool to like look at uh, this kind of patch of women at this size, um, and a lot of these are the women that I'm, that I'm keeping track of in Thailand and you're familiar with as well. Um, at this weight class, um, but so I just reposted the revision with uh, some fighters who have changed position, um, and then putting in some new fighters and taking out some of the fighters that don't uh, that don't fight anymore or aren't that size anymore. Um, but Petji Ja uh, is high up on that list because she's amazing and is getting closer and closer to actually being in that weight class. Um, and yeah, I've heard good. that hopefully she'll actually get some more opponents now. Totally. So there's this this PPTV show that's happening on Fridays. She fought recently on that that I had not heard about at all, and then I saw it on YouTube, um, and she did really well in that as she always does. Um, but she's going to be facing uh, Fa from Yokao Gym uh, next month, and Fa has been awarded according to Yokao three times the Female Fighter of the Year. Um, so that should be. A really good fight to see and then uh, the rumor mill is going that Petchy Ja and Loma are finally gonna fight. Ooh! Yeah! Good. So that's really exciting because Loma's number one on my list and she's crazy good. And I'm also just excited to see more of this far Yokao girl because the Yokao keep posting about her but yeah. nobody else seems to know anything about her and they keep saying she's undefeated she's one fighter of the year but what is this fighter of the year award like Nobody else seems to know what it is. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but, like, <laughs> who, what, where is that coming from? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's difficult. I actually heard um, from a couple of fighters that they used to train with her at her dad's old gym that was called Rung Rung, which is very similar to my gym, Pet Rung Rung. Um, but, so they used to train with her, um, but these are fighters who she should be fighting, like Fa Cheng Rai and Yo Ying. And they're like, oh, no, no, well, we can't fight her. She's like our little sister. We used to train with her. Um, and I'm like, well, who is she fighting? <laughs> like, who is she fighting? Uh, yeah. And I, the Yo Kao, because they're, you know, not Thai, they didn't say who her opponent was uh, in the fight that judged who was fighter of the year. So, um, yeah, it'll... it'll be really good to see her fight someone who we know, who's Petji Ja, um, and how she does in that fight will will definitely affect her uh, ranking on that list. Yeah, maybe I was thinking about maybe uh, just going and checking out that that Yokao gym just to see what's going on there. Like it wouldn't be somewhere that I would train long term, um, but now that I'm off work, I might just go see what's going on down there. See if she's there. Maybe if I can go spar with her or something. I don't know. That would be really cool. Um, I've heard yeah. mostly astoundingly good things about that gym uh, from people who have gone to train there, and then uh, one couple that kind of dropped in without making an appointment or anything was like, Yokao was there for five minutes and then left. <laughs> or not Yokao, sorry. Sanchai was there for five minutes and then left, and I'm like, yeah. I was going to say, like, who's that? <laughs> like, it's not at the gym all the time. Like, nobody who's, like, celebrity gym is, you know, Bookhouse never at Bookhouse gym. Um, oh, yeah. 
but uh, the um, one of the fighters on the list uh, is Marcella Soto, who um, is down at Sutai in Phuket. Um, and I've only seen her fight a few times. Have you seen many of her fights? Yeah, actually, um, she came to Thailand maybe four or five years ago, and I think she she was fighting at Promthep Gym, which I don't think exists anymore. And uh, Sumali, she was she was fighting out there quite a lot. She was here for quite a while, and then she, they went back home. Her and her husband, is it? Yes. And now they they've come back, and they seem to have set up their own gym. Um, is, is it them who owns that gym? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's. I can't fully figure it out, but it seems to be part of a like resort, like a huge resort, and then the gym is in that. Yeah, because uh, Marcella, she has a master's in uh, sports nutrition, mm -hmm. and she works as a nutritionist at the same time um, for this like big resort, and then also fights. And she seems to be fighting really regularly now, which is really cool. I think yeah. she's fought like 50 or 60 times here. 60 in Thailand, at least, yeah. It's really fucking cool. And she's branching out and... Uh, doing a lot of like, well a few western boxing fights as well mm -hmm. and I know she not not long ago won like a WBC Asia title that was that was in boxing and she's got an, another well another televised fight coming up in a couple of weeks but uh, it's this new promotion that nobody's ever heard of called The Fighter um, <laughs> So that's exciting. I don't know if that's going to be like a regular thing or a one-off, but uh, I just saw she posted about that today, that she's got another fight coming up on TV. Yeah, I've seen that um, her and her husband have started mentioning now um, her aiming towards 100 fights, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, I totally think that that's going to happen. Uh, and oh, yeah. She's fighting all the time. They've also started talking about um, like bringing women to their gym, which is not something that people have previously talked about. Um, I think that people knew where women were training and they would go there, but they're actually like actively inviting women to come train with them and they have a pretty good stable down there. Yeah, Marcella just posted the other day, she posted a picture that had like seven different girls there at the moment, a couple of them are Thai. One of them is uh, Kaunok Na, who Marcella's fought at least a couple of times, I think, and she She's a former South Thailand champion, and it's cool to see them like training together. Yeah, they, they used to like they used to to fight each other, and now they're like training partners. Yeah, there's another Thai girl. I don't I don't know what her name is. Um, then there's also is that girl from Italy? It's Michaela, isn't it? I think it's Michelle. Ah, she she won that uh, four women tournament in Phuket not long ago. Yeah, that was really impressive. <laughs> yeah. So they I seem to be building up like a, a really cool stable of female fighters, yeah, which is I th awesome. I think that other Thai female fighter is named Bukau, and she just That's won, right. she just yeah. won a boxing title of some kind. I don't know what size she is, though. She seems to be around 50 or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, oh, there's something that you reminded me of, and I can't remember now. <laughs> oh, oh, you were talking about this new, uh, this new show that she's on that's going to be on Channel 5. Um... I've noticed recently there seem to be a lot more tournaments going on. Like, Thailand loves tournaments right now, whether mm -hmm. it's the, like, one-round knockout or, like, the four-man of Max or, like, everything is a tournament. And they're doing this huge tournament up north um, that has a lot of women on it. And they've had a number, I think they've had, like, three rounds of it already, maybe two. It's uh, mm -hmm. sponsored by Yamaha. 
And it's got a lot of the women that you and I pay attention to up in that area and people who we fought um, very recently. Fa Chang Rai beat Hong Yuk Lek, who you fought. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... I don't know anything about it because they're actually not talking about it really well. <laughs> uh, they're just giving results and things like this. But it's um, it's supposed to take place over a period of like a year and be in eight different provinces and stuff like that. So I'm excited about there being like female fight tournaments over a long period of time. And in our weight class as well, because it's kind of a, a, a low weight class, so you don't normally see too much going on in that weight. Yeah, this is the thing, is I feel like there's tons of female fighters in this weight class, but then when they do something kind of with a lot of sponsorship or money behind it, like Angels or something like this, they go for just above <laughs> where like most of the fighters seem to be. Um, they have amazing fighters at those sizes, but they, like, even Chomini is usually outsized in those tournaments. They're not, like, built for her actual weight class, so. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to see, it's cool to see the smaller girls for sure. Um, so on, on that note, uh, talking about fighters who we're excited about, um, I'll go first. I am super excited about this fighter named Tananchnok, who I've talked about before. And she's from Lampang, which is up north, kind of by Chiang Mai. Um, and she's like 18 years old, and she's been fighting for a really long time. And um, I fought her twice, and she's just... You know how, like, if someone photographs you when you're fighting, you're like, why do I look like a troll in all of my pictures? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, why can't I just relax and kind of look more... That's just me in photos all the time, <laughs> except I just do a thumbs up to make it somehow less awkward. Right, like I've either got resting bitch face or like troll face. Those are my two. Those are my two options. She looks like she's in a fucking poster. Like any snap you take of the fight, she's like perfectly positioned. Her form is just killer, and like her hair looks amazing. She's got this like total <laughs> slick look about her. Um, she's a tom, which in Thailand is short for tomboy, and it's kind of like a, a butch, um, a a, someone who's born a woman but kind of identifies masculinely, dates women, and kind of dresses in a masculine way. Um, and what's kind of interesting about Tananchinoke is that she actually wants to transition. Like, her goal is to fully transition um, surgeries and all these things, which is not super typical of Tom's. Um, but she uh, absolutely has this, like, super suave, like, charming masculine thing about her um, that... I think it's really awesome, and the way she fights uh, is not typical, I think, for um, the way that, that Thai women tend to fight, and I was so impressed by these two fights she had semi-recently. Um, one was against Hong Kao, who is bigger, and Hong Kao's style drives me crazy because she has this, like, kick you and then dance away, like... She just has I to score one that. point. That is the worst style to fight. She drives so me nuts, crazy. but then at the same time, she'll, like, kick and then stand in and, like, block in this total fuck you attitude that I'm like, oh, that part's cool. Like, do that part. <laughs> but, like, the rest of it sucks. Um, and in that fight, it was pretty close, and Tananchuk was outsized, but in round five, she just threw one elbow at Hong Kao, and Hong Kao was like, all right. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> We're done with this fight. Um... And then her most recent fight against um, Sofia Torcos before Sofia went home, it was for a WPMF title. And I have never seen Tanachnok be so aggressive, and especially in the fifth round. And it was like, we talked about this on a previous podcast, but it was kind of like, what the hell is going on? Like, it was just so incredible. And I fangirl out so hard 
when I watched Tanan Chinook fight, um, and I really want to fight her again, and I'm kind of like, I can't do both those things. <laughs> like, I, I gotta chill out if I fight her again. Like, when I fight her again, I gotta not be like, oh my god, you're so cool. So, yeah, that's that's the fighter I'm geeking out about today. Is she is she fighting a lot? Because I haven't I haven't seen anything of her since she fought Sophia. No, she's not fighting a lot. I think I think she might be at some point part of this tournament up in the north, but I'm not sure. Um, there is a pattern in Thai female fighters that when they get really good or they're winning a lot or they have really big side bet fights that they're doing well on, it becomes harder and harder for them or they don't want to fight as often, and so it just becomes this, like, they'll fight for a lot of money here and there, and then they'll just kind of have, like, tune-up fights or whatever. So she's not she's not fighting an incredible lot, um, but she is teaching. Um, and I didn't know that. Yeah, she's actually got a Katoy student, um, so it's very cute. She's, she's this Tom trainer who's got a Katoy student who wears a lot of makeup when she fights and, uh, like, stuffs her bra. Um, which Tananchinok binds her chest, so it's it's very sweet to see them together. And she loves this student of hers. She's always posting um, every time that that she fights and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Oh, okay. So where is, she, is that at her gym? She's teaching, or her gym was the sports school of Lampang. So she's old enough now that she might not be there anymore. Um, she she definitely graduated and is now in the earlier stages of college. Um, so I don't know whether that student is at her previous gym that she goes back and trains, or whether that's, um, you know, moving on to a new gym. Um, but I am seeing more and more female fighters as trainers, which is cool as well. Yeah, because we don't see that too often. No, you don't, you don't see it in the West either very much. No, actually, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah, so that's cool. So is there someone you're geeking out about at the moment? Uh, in, with Thai girls, not so much, but like I said, I'm really interested in, in Marcella and what she's getting up to at the moment, because she's fighting so often, and uh, when she was in Thailand last time, she was fighting a lot, but um, I only knew of her because uh, we have mutual friends, mm. but now she really seems to be fighting on a lot of big shows, she was on that one round knockout right. tournament, which is weird, I, I wonder if they're going to have another show, <laughs> that was a really weird format. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and she's fighting on another televised show, so I think it's going to be cool to see what she's doing, because uh, as well as like having her own gym and building up more female fighters, I think that's really fucking cool. Yeah, her, I've noticed her presence on her social media is starting to be stronger, um, and this might just be, uh, you know, that that I'm seeing more of it because I'm interacting with it more. That's actually how how social media works, um, but I actually didn't know about her at all until we were in the same tournament together when we went to Laos and there was a yeah. four woman tournament at 50 kilos um, and she did pretty well she made it to the final in that one um, and then unfortunately she had fought really recently prior to that fight and a cut reopened and they stopped it really quickly um, mm -hmm. but it's it was interesting because I had never heard of her at all and she's near our size um, and then when we were in Laos Juliana was there as well and she and Juliana had known each other for like four years and I'm like yeah <laughs> Like, I had no idea that you existed, but now she's everywhere, which is really great. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, very cool. Uh, um, so something that kind of ties in to um, both the revised ranking that I did and then these two fighters that we're talking about, um, Tanantinov is a WPMF title holder, 
and Marcella has a number of titles in boxing, and then she's been winning some stadium belts down in Phuket as well, um, is just the issue that it's really, really hard to track and rank female fighters, um, mostly because it's not kept up to date and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, a lot of these world title belts um, are, are difficult when you look at the rankings you'll see fighters ranked fairly high who haven't fought in years and they just kind of sit there um, and then you'll see fighters who belong on the list being you know never ever put on those lists so part of my difficulty in creating that list was um, doing a kind of like if weight weren't an issue and these two fought each other who would win and then kind of like who have they beat and uh, who have they fought and who's been challenged and all these different things um, and it's actually really, really hard to rank female fighters around the world, but I think it's also really important um, because people who don't keep really close track of fighters um, want that kind of shorthand. You know, they want to know if you're ranked, they want to know if you have a title, they want to know like where you stand on this list. Um, and I get really frustrated when I hear people act like they're following female fighting and they're like, they're like, oh yeah, well, well, who has she beat? And I'm like, can you name three fighters in her division that you would recognize? And a lot yeah. of times people can't. So, um, so this is my, this is my like, you know, if it doesn't exist, try your hand at at making it exist. And it is just my list. Um, um, so you wrote a blog post a while ago about um, the the difficulty of uh, titles. Yeah, because um, you've got all these different sanctioning bodies and then like almost none of them update any of their rankings online. Um, it's really hard to follow. And then we've got these these annual like world championship tournaments every, well, yeah, most of them are like pro-am now, like there's WMF, there's IFMA, and now there's this world martial arts games thing. There's like all these different ones. and. It, um, I'm not exactly sure how they work. I know with some of them you have to like be part of a national team um, to join, and with other ones it seems like you can just turn up mm. and just just enter as as you like. But um, it doesn't seem, at least with the ones that are in Thailand, like the WMF and stuff like that, like it doesn't seem that anyone's defending these belts. Mm -hmm. It's just like whoever rocks up every year gets to compete, and then it's, you crown a new champion. Right. But then. You don't have to beat the last champion to get the new belt. Yeah. So it's like you just get a new people in every year. So it's kind of hard to follow. And none of those results seem to get published anywhere. With the IFMAs, they, they do actually update things really well. Yeah. But none of these other organizations post anything. But yeah, the there's, there's also on like really well-established, really long-standing titles like the WPMF, um, you'll... I'll see like a fighter sitting on the belt for like two years. I'm like, when do you defend that? <laughs> like, you never defend yeah. it. Um, and it it's unclear who's in charge of that, or kind of like whether whether there's rules about how often you have to defend it or anything like that. Um, and you know, neither you nor I are like super big on titles and belts and things like this. But because it's an important part of legitimacy on the world stage for fighters, and I think probably especially female fighters, um, because 
people want to know like what you've done and things like this. Um, yeah. It's really unfortunate that there isn't uh, a lot more weight to it, so that so that if you pay close attention to it, you're more bewildered than if you have no idea what's going on. You're like, oh well, yeah, I looked at the rankings. <laughs> like, yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes when you look at the rankings, female rankings, I was looking at and like. Some of the girls on there, they've been inactive for years, or the list of it are completely different weight class. Or yeah. It just it doesn't make sense. Okay, so we, we always have, like, or we always try at least, <laughs> to have a theme uh, for every episode. And something that's come up a lot uh, since we did the last one is um, trying to build aggression. It's been something we've talking been talking about on the on the forum quite a lot, and it's something that I know I I've always struggled with, and uh, so you've talked about it a lot as well. It's like it's struggling with being aggressive, like in, inspiring or in fights, or maybe you have it inspiring but you can't carry it into a fight. Yeah. And it it seems kind of strange because you'd think that as a fighter, aggression would come really naturally to you, <laughs> but it for me it doesn't at all, and I struggle with it a lot. And I've, I've lost fights that I just did not need to lose because of it, because I just wasn't aggressive enough. Yeah. Well, what is um, what do you think that is in your fights when you you have won, like, knocked people out when you choose to actually be aggressive, and then there are times that you kind of default to a style that you know doesn't work for you, but you go to it. Is that yeah. because you don't want to be uncomfortable, or is it because you kind of need your opponent to give you permission to be aggressive and like something happens early on that sets you on the rail to not being aggressive or like how do you see that in your own experience? I think uh, mainly it's down to just a lack of confidence. Mm. I think that's, that's what it is in, in general. But in the fights where you um, have been able yeah, to Yeah, sometimes be... there might be something. If maybe if... Say that again? In, in the fights where you have managed to be aggressive, do you go in with a different mindset? Like, are you feeling more confident in those fights, and what is that that causes that? Uh, yeah, I think for me, if, if, if I start out too slow, I find it really hard to adjust um, throughout the fight, which is stupid. Like, you should be able to adjust your game between rounds in every fight. <laughs> but um, sometimes I struggle with that. If I, if I, but I find if I go in with, with, with it set in my mind to be aggressive from the start, I'll I'll be much more successful with it. I can't just like not think about it and then try and pull it out in the fourth or fifth round. Like for me, I have to go in from the start with yeah. it, and then it normally works for me. But and I find when I'm aggressive, I'll I'll usually win by knockout. But when I'm not, I'll I'll, I'll lose a decision that like kind of seemed pointless, and I come out of a fight like I didn't even do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just wasted a bunch of time, or I waited too much, or... Yeah, it's really frustrating. I feel like it's this kind of um, baby bear scenario, right? Where, like, you can be too aggressive and not have control, and you just see these people, like, windmilling in fights, or they get... Yeah. They get too hot-headed and actually can't strategize, or they're just... They're not, like, responding to the fight. They're just way too aggressive. And those people need to learn in training how to, like, control it. And then there are people who, you know, they, like, rip the pads and they're awesome and their technique is great, but then when you have to go in front of a person, like, the difference between hitting a bag and hitting a person is just 
huge and people can't get it together and I feel like part of it is that for me I'm I'm not a like naturally aggressive person um, which I think is common among people who train martial arts I don't think that people are like I'm so aggressive I gotta go like <laughs> channel it into this martial <laughs> art I don't think that's typical um, <laughs> But I've noticed that I also have a problem with aggression coming at me. And so I think that I try to like flatten it out because I don't want that coming at me. And so I'm hoping that if I keep it low, like other people will keep it low too. Like we'll, we'll stay cool. <laughs> it's not going to like elevate. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like how you kind of, you know, if you have like volcanic friends or people in your family who kind of like get out of control, you learn how to tiptoe around it to not to not create that scenario um, but the thing is when you're in the fight game um, you have to in the same way that someone who has too much aggression has to learn how to control that to the right level if you don't have aggression you have to learn how to build that to a level that is appropriate for fighting um, and I think that for a lot of people and I don't know if it's women in particular um, but women are not supposed to be aggressive, like, at all. So, yep. so from the get-go, we're really, really conditioned to not be aggressive. So you really have to go against a lot of those social norms, which I think a lot of people like in martial arts. Maybe that's one of the reasons that women find it to be such a, like, release. Um, but then you also have men who are afraid of being aggressive because of, you know, being an asshole or, or losing control or, or they kind of have to control their aggression in their real lives. Um, so I think something that, that I've noted in considering aggression and talking to people about their issues with aggression um, is that it's a way more holistic approach than compartmentalizing between I get in the ring and I'm really aggressive and try to break someone's head off and I go home and I'm like the nicest guy. <laughs> like you can't. Yeah. Like, I've, I've had to approach training aggression as an actual skill in my entire life. Like, I can't only train it at the gym. I have to do it um, everywhere. And that, that doesn't mean that I'm, like, yelling at people or something like that. But um, it is who I am outside of the ring that's making it really difficult for me to be aggressive in the ring. So I have to approach it from both sides of that. Um, yeah, I have the same thing. I'm real. I'm really poor at like aggression in general. Like, I, it, I'm, a, I'm can be kind of like a doormat. I'm not very good at confrontation. <laughs> I try and like avoid it. So I, ha I have to try and practice it in all areas, not just in training. Yeah, it's one of those things where like something happens and you're like, I, I'm totally gonna say something, or I could not. <laughs> just, yeah, just nine Well, I would say nine times out of ten. I say nine point nine times out of ten, I go in there like I'm totally gonna say something, and I just don't. <laughs> Like, I'll be relaying a story to someone and be like, yeah, and I was like, blah, 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 bitch. And they were like, oh, did you actually say that? I'm like, like well, no. no, but I thought in my head. <laughs> no, but I thought it so hard. Like, I really, yeah, exactly. I really thought it. <laughs> um, have you noticed over the years that you've been doing Muay Thai and you're into mental training, you definitely have approaches to mental training. What have you done that's worked in training aggression, and what do you think is something that you need, to, like you know you need to do it, and you have a really hard time doing it? Um, I think mental training goes a long way towards it for me, because I, 
I I sometimes I I fuck up when I'm in training and I'll just like not kind of be like going through the motions but not be like really having it at the forefront of my mind all the time in sparring. I just think, oh, you know, if I always just spar, then I'll get better at it. <laughs> no, you have to really be fucking thinking about it all the time. You can't just be like, just be going through the motions and expect not to get better at like a specific thing. Yeah. I, I drop the ball on that sometimes. I'll go through a whole sparring session and be like, I didn't even work on the thing that like I really thought I was going to do. Yeah. Uh. So I really need to work on just picking a thing. And usually it's, it's aggression, like... I just need to go forward. I, I, and I don't know why in the last couple of years I've like developed a more like backwards style. And, and like I said before, like it, it doesn't work for me. Mm. But inspiring, it, I don't know if it came from me like always sparring with bigger people yeah. or whatever. I mean, you can make excuses for it, but yeah, I developed like a more backwards style. And inspiring, it seems to work. And in fights, it fucking never works. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with these Thai girls who kick and move back and kick and move back, so... Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, just need to it, make a conscious effort to, like, fix that. It doesn't work against someone who's really good at something that you're, like, kind of good at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's their whole identity as a fighter. I feel like, um, yeah, for me, I have, I have a really hard time with kind of um, grand theoretical ideas or terms that I just use as placeholders. So, um... For example, I'll, I'll say that I just want to get better, right? But, like, better doesn't mean anything. Like, you have to define what better means. But all I do is play in my head, like, oh, I didn't get better, or, like, I'm still not better, or I'm still not good, or any of these words that are so meaningless. And I feel like aggression is yeah. kind of this, like, stand-in word. So for people who are trying to train it, you really have to define why you want to be more aggressive aggressive because a lot of people I think are afraid of being more aggressive so you have to figure what those things in that word that you do want are and then what that looks like so for me if I'm training aggression or something um, I really want to visualize what that looks like and it's basically taking up space like standing in someone else's space and not giving in that ground so in exactly the way that you're saying that you've become a backwards fighter back fighting backwards can be like kind of dominant or aggressive in this like all right fucker come get me because i have the lead kind of thing but if if you're constantly giving someone else space um that doesn't feel or look aggressive because they're the one dictating that movement so i feel like when i'm when i'm doing well <laughs> in training my aggression um what i'm really thinking about is like owning my space and and making someone else uncomfortable by standing in their space and then times that I'm, like, sucking at training my aggression, I'm just using these, like, really abstract, like, oh, well, I wasn't aggressive without defining that term at all whatsoever. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, you have to be uh, specific. Yeah. Otherwise, it just doesn't... Yeah. And I think sometimes it's, like, you, you don't want to be aggressive because you're, like, afraid you're going to open yourself up for right. something. Right. Or you can, like, look like you're just, like, windmilling and lose control. But you can't just not take any risks. That's, yeah. That's the thing. To just be confident and just take the risk and just do it. Especially in training. Like, in training, if you fuck up, that's how you learn. In a fight, when you fuck up, it, yeah. it takes, like, ten fights to fix that one mess up, you know? Whereas in training, you can work on that yeah. immediately. Like, that's the time you want... It's like a test kitchen. That's the time you really want to mess with it. Um, yeah. I think the other end of that is that so many people think about aggression as, like... Um, 
you know, I, I want to kick somebody's ass or something. Like, they think that it's just this kind of, like, forward, snarling dog kind of thing. Um, but I think that part of training aggression is being comfortable with someone being aggressive towards you as well and that not being a super emotional yeah. response. Um, I don't yeah. know why, but this one kid I train with, Alex, he's from Italy, um, he's, like, 15 years old, and he's the only one who... I will get like emotionally upset when we're sparring and he's being super aggressive. And I think it's because he gets a little bit emotional too, but it's not good for either of us. And it's, I can feel the distinction between when I'm emotionally invested in that situation versus when I'm going against like the Ninja Turtle. And it's just funny. It's like, (laughs) it's like I'm pissed that he broke my eardrum, but I'm not like emotionally involved in the situation. So I think that being able to, distance yourself and and understand that it's um that it is a skill that you're trying to learn it's it's like being emotionally upset that your kick isn't landing or something like you need to like just look at it from more of a technical standpoint yeah like a um uh katie who i used to train with for a couple of years she's gone home now but she was she was really good at aggression she was just aggressive all the time that's how she won her fights do I need to let you out of the shower? Okay, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I turn the computer around. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. wait. Yeah, I think that there's, um, yeah, so you were talking about Kate. Yeah, Katie, she, she was my training partner for a long time, and I think I actually developed that kind of backwards style because of her. Um, She was quite a bit bigger than me, but she was also just very, very forward, very aggressive, Um, and that's, that's how she won her fights. And um, so I, I sparred with her almost every day, and I think that I adjusted to that, which is kind of my mistake. Um, but she was very good at aggression. But if if I was to ever become aggressive back at her, or if I was start start to get the advantage, um, she would then start to lose control, mm. or maybe get a little bit angry at herself um, and get frustrated. So I think sometimes it's hard to balance that kind of aggression and emotion yeah, side of things. Yeah, I think the other side of it is is really important too because people who have quote unquote natural aggression or it's it's basically like a natural cockiness and it's such an advantage in the early part. It's like ha- yeah. it's people who have a talent or whatever and so they advance really quickly at the beginning. But then when it becomes tested, um, because it wasn't something that was really earned, it's something that just kind of came naturally, there's not something underneath it to fall back on, whereas people who really, really have to push for it, they've got all this foundation under it. So I think that there is an advantage to a degree of natural confidence, natural natural aggression, natural cockiness, all of these things that can make you look um, really good and take up other people's space and make them uncomfortable and all these things. But even if you already 
are pretty good with aggression. It's still something you have to train because it's a skill. Like you have to hone it and make sure that you have the foundation underneath it because I cannot tell you how many fighters I've seen um, who are like bullies. So they do really well if they can back their opponent up right away. But a lot mm -hmm. of tie fights have this like transition, right? There's like the reversal in like the third or fourth round. And these yeah. guys like crumple when their opponent starts coming back at them. Yeah, they don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, and it's it's because they haven't they haven't had to uh, they haven't had to earn that spot that they started from. So when it gets knocked out of place, they haven't gone through that thought process of like, why isn't this working? It's just this like, oh my god, this always worked before. Why isn't it working now? And I've exactly. had, I've had yeah. natural talents like that. Um, where I'm just, you know, I pick something up really quickly, and then it's not working later down the line because it's become more complicated, or I have someone who's putting more pressure on me, and it's not working anymore, and I'm like, what the fuck, it used to work, <laughs> it's like, it's like now you have to, like, you know, learn how to do it, and, like, actually have the foundation under it, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, it, it's, I mean, having natural aggression is, it's an advantage, and it's a gift, but it's also, it's hard to beat. It's hard to be on both sides of it. Like, yeah. I think there's there's an advantage to, to being too aggressive and, and not aggressive enough. I think, to be honest, I, I think I'd rather be on my end of it and just be able to, to train that that aggression a bit more than, than have to, like, pull it back and, and not be in control. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, you really need to work on it. <laughs> either way. <laughs> yeah, it's that really shit. hard. Like, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, so, the the last bit is uh, talking about the non Muay Thai things that we're doing at the moment, or that are exciting us. Um, and mm. usually, that's been like movies or shows or podcasts or whatever that we're listening to. So, so what are you up to? Um, I have been what actually got into this show that it's it's not even new it's like five years old but I just <laughs> rediscovered it um it's this British show called Black Mirror have you ever heard of it no oh it's really really cool I think you'll like it um it's like a really dark uh series it's like every episode is totally different different story different cast different people and it's basically how like technology and social media is gonna totally fuck up our lives uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's really, really good. Yeah, it was only it was only two seasons, um, and each episode is like an hour. It's really, really good. Is it BBC? Ah, uh, I think it might have been Channel Four. Okay. Yeah, but it's all on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube. Okay, because BBC makes really good shows, and they'll make like two seasons. And I'm like, what's your problem? Like, be American yeah. about it and do like four seasons beyond when it stops being good. Like. Do it our way. Last night I was watching a BBC Three show. Uh, BBC Three is a channel that just went online because nobody was watching it on TV. <laughs> they had some um, series called Life and Death Row. Oh. Because um, I'm really into that true crime shit. Um, and yeah, I was watching some of that last night. It's really good. It's just about Texas and how they love the death penalty and how <laughs> fucked up that is. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you have this unfair advantage in that uh, you can see how fucked up America is and like all the stupid shit that we do and watch Making a Murderer and be like these goddamn stupid hillbillies and stuff like that, but you're not <laughs> American so you don't have to own it, like 
you can laugh at Trump, but he's not yours. Whereas I'm like, no, <laughs> it's, it's slightly less funny. It's more horrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been watching the third season of Penny Dreadful, which I think you said two likes. Two's been making me watch that. You're not into it? Uh, not so much. Okay. Well, I haven't given it enough time to like, to, to really get into it. It, it's nothing but time. Those are some long episodes. <laughs> it is a meditative show. What is um, it all like? Vampires and shit? Sort of. I mean, they're like they're semi-historical and then fictional characters of Victorian London. So you know, you have the American werewolf in London, and then you've got uh, Lucifer and Dracula, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. You know, things like this. Um, Dorian Gray is a character. Um, okay. But we're at, we're at the tail end of it. It seems like it's it's probably one more episode or something like this. And um, it's kind of amazing in that there's this one... The, there are two stories, like three stories going on at any time. But like there's this one woman who's totally embodying this one feminist ethic that's kind of incredible. And the exact same thing is happening in another character. But like, so they're kind of parallel. But I hate one character and I really like the other <laughs> one. So I'm like... I'm like, boo, every time the other one's on screen and then the one I like comes on, they're like, yeah, she's perfect, but they're like doing the exactly the same thing. Um, that's my yeah, problem. Yeah, yesterday I said something, I don't remember what I was saying to two, but he was like, oh, your accent just reminded me to watch Penny Dreadful. <laughs> it must be that Cockney accent. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, I've been listening to a new podcast um, that uh, is hilarious, actually. It's, it's like the number one comedy podcast right now, even though it's about murder. So it's these two women in California, and the show is called My Favorite Murder, and every time they just kind of talk shit for like an hour, and then they'll talk about, they'll each introduce a murder that they're like really fascinated by. Um, and I find myself like laughing out loud when I'm running around in the morning doing my runs and people are like this crazy farong is like cackling to herself as she runs through the streets and I can't yeah, even... Yeah, some guy on, on Twitter recommended this, right? Yeah, I it's remember really it good. Thanks, Twitter guy. That was good. Yeah, I listened to their new episode where they were talking shit about uh, that Stanford rapist dude. Oh, see, I'm not that far in because I started from the beginning, so I'm going to have to catch up, but... Um, those ladies know what's up. They're hilarious. And they're like, yeah, they're they can't remember the names of things. And they're like, everybody hates us right now. <laughs> remember the name of, you know, like the, the side murderer or something like that. It's very <laughs> funny. Um, and then I've, I've recently been listening to books on tape. Um, I just, Emma, I, I don't like music when I'm running. I feel like, I feel like I've reached an old age or something where I just don't like new music anymore and it makes me sad that my favorite bands are like Nine Inch Nails who are proper like 30 years old now um, yeah. so music is none of my business <laughs> I, just listen, <laughs> I just listen to my books on tape um, and I've, I've listened to two now by the same author he's like a science writer and he does evolutionary biology mostly and the first one is called Perv and it's basically a look at different perversions um, from an evolutionary biology standpoint which is really interesting. Some of them are very uncomfortable. Um, having someone rationally talk about bestiality and like pedophilia is not 
not something you're going to like rally behind, but it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was a collection of his essays from two like scientific American type publications in America. And it's, uh, it's called, why is the penis shaped like that? Um, and I left my iPod out. Um, and one of the boys was like looking through my iPod and the title of the book is on there, but he can't read English. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to explain what I'm listening to there. <laughs> like, no, no, it's, it's about things other than what it seems to be about. But they're read by the author who's, who's got a particular voice to the way that he writes. So hearing his actual voice. Uh, announcing the way that he writes has been really enjoyable as way into both those books and I'm actually kind of sad that they're both done now so I haven't been listening to any audiobooks maybe I should get into that because I used to always listen to music when I ran but then when I got into podcasts I just stopped yeah yeah so maybe that's maybe I'll get into that yeah although I'm having trouble with my iPod because I have this little iPod shuffle and it has this tiny little um cord this USB cord that you plug in to like transfer the music and to charge it up and that died um, so I, I went into a shopping mall went into like an IT shop and was like I want one of these and they were like we don't have that um, and I went into like five different shops none of them had it I went to the Apple store and they were like no no we don't have this I was like this is an Apple product <laughs> no like, great okay <laughs> so I've been having to like put everything on my phone and my phone is huge uh, so I've been having to use like a little running belt Oh. To, to carry my phone around in. I hate it. Do you do you mean a fanny pack? Are you wearing a fanny pack? No, it's not a full-on <laughs> fanny pack. Uh, bro, we call the bum bags, actually. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of that. That sounds like an enema bag or something. That's even worse <laughs> than a fanny pack. <laughs> yeah, a bum bag is better. <laughs> Wait, so... Well, fanny pack is better just because fanny means vagina to us. Oh, does it? You didn't know that? No, that might confuse a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, fanny is vagina. That's crazy. <laughs> the fanny things pack. you learn. <laughs> yep. So is your, yeah, so is you your didn't iPod... Know that, that's like you didn't know that a trump is a, is a British slang word for fart. Yeah, no, you told me that one, so I knew that one, but it doesn't mean something else to us. It's funny when, when something means something else. <laughs> Oh, great! Words. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's something I wish I could remember the example. I honestly shouldn't even bring it up because I can't tell you what it is. But the other day, Pinu used a word completely wrong, and I'm like, that is not what that means. <laughs> he was like, he's like, no, it is. And I was like, no, no, I speak English. That's not what that means. <laughs> uh. Well, like the time when you you said you were trying to tell somebody about snow and you accidentally said dog's vagina. Yeah, time. no, my, my 70 year old trainer is who I said that to. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. My friend was telling me the other day that uh, this one guy tried to order some ice and he actually, he actually ordered a hard-on instead. What? That's not <laughs> yeah. the same at all. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Maybe some kind of slang word for it that means the same. Yeah, there was some guy who, like, didn't know that when guy is at the beginning, as, like, the beginning syllable, that it's got to be a G, so he was pronouncing it as a K, so he kept saying shit bot instead of how many bot, so he's like, key bot, key bot, and they're like, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I had a friend here um, called Keith, and he, um, 
he started teaching and um the Thai people can't pronounce the th sound because they like basically don't have it in their language yeah. so um when he his first day at school and he was telling everybody his name was keith and um all of the he came home and was like and I, why did all of the students laugh at me? I don't understand. And I was like, oh, because your name basically means you're Mr. Shit. <laughs> he was like, why the fuck didn't you tell me that <laughs> before I went in? <laughs> I'm Kiki King. <laughs> uh, you should just be Mr. K. Yeah. yeah. Helpful. <laughs> yeah, I've started to be able to, like, Tieify every word that I don't know by just using the English, but then putting the emphasis on the last syllable instead of the front one. Yeah. So if I'm like, you know, my friend Emma's coming, and Pinu's just like cross-eyed, Emma, has no idea. Emma. I'm like Emma, and he's like, oh, Emma, and I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't say her name wrong the first time. I'm yeah. like, my name's Sylvie. They're like, what? Sylvie. They're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah. I don't know. I, I tell my students off for that all the time. Yeah. Like just emphasizing that last sound, like computer. Teacher! Hamburger! It's a really easy way to sound Thai. Yeah, but yeah, so if you come to Thailand and don't know what something is, just overemphasize the last syllable and might work. Get it. I've got one awesome. of those trucks coming by that's like announcing some kind of mattress company or something. <laughs> Alright, so uh, we can wrap this up. Um, okay. The uh, Low Blow is our sponsor once again. Um, female and male groin guards you can order through Amazon.uk or Amazon.us. They ship everywhere in the world. And the code is for a 10% discount through our podcast, and it's SAVE, numeral 2, I-T-K. Um, and they're pretty cheap as it is, so 10% discount is pretty awesome. And delivery is super fucking fast as well. I got mine to Thailand in like five days. Yeah, and using it right away is like fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, Emma's still on vacation, so she's going to go do vacation things. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to pass out for 20 minutes before going back to training. <laughs> All right, enjoy. Yeah, good seeing you, Emma.